0: Hello, Texans. Let's get right into it with the podcast today as we will talk about the Texans taking on the Steelers on Legends Homecoming presented by Ford. Now, it is Legends Homecoming. It is J.J. Watt going into the ring of honor at the half. And most importantly, or that's super important, I don't mean to downplay that, but the Texans play their fourth game of the season against a Steelers team that's 2-1 and one, and they're starting to heat up a bit. Now, they've given up some rushing yards, but they get after it defensively anyway with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. So we're going to visit with the voice of the Steelers, Bill Hillgrove, and talk about this. Now, he's been doing Steelers games for a long time. He replaced a legend named Jack Fleming. People from Pittsburgh know that name well. Fleming did the Steelers in the 70s, the Super Bowl wins with Terry Bradshaw and company, did those AFC championship games against the Oilers in the late 70s. He also did West Virginia Mountaineers. On the radio and total legend, but Hillgrove is one himself, and he worked with the legendary Myron Cope. Lots of legends in this podcast. Myron Cope invented the terrible towel. We'll get into that story. Also, the very recent story of the Steelers being trapped, for lack of a better word. On their plane on the way back from Vegas, they had to land in Kansas City, stayed there for a long time before they got another plane in. They had some issues, and they ended up being fine, totally safe. But it was a long travel day back from Vegas to get back to Steel City, and then they go back out on the road to take on the Texans this weekend. So a lot to cover here. If you're into the history of Pittsburgh sports, I'll ask Hillgrove a few things about that. And look, this is a really meaningful weekend. The Watt brothers in the house, the ring of honor. D'Amico Ryan's trying to make it two in a row for his young team. C.J. Stroud, what's the next step going to be like? Man, the drama is thick and delicious Sunday at noon at NRG Stadium. Let's get into it now with the voice of the Steelers, Bill Hillgrove. Bill, great to visit with you again. How's it going, my friend?
1: Very well. You know, we have the week shortened a little bit by uh, an interesting plane flight from Vegas to Pittsburgh by way of Kansas City.
0: Now, were you on the plane the whole time during the delay? Were you guys able to go to a hotel? I know it's easier said than done with an entire football Uh operation.
1: Here's the thing. Um, First of all, there's no TSA. And uh, the pilot said, we're going to sit on the airplane because we have food and beverage. They don't in the terminal. So, uh, there was no way to get out of there and get back, uh, depending on when the plane from Atlanta got there. So, we sat there on a dark, quiet airplane for probably more than five hours. Uh, but, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin dealt with it very well yesterday. He says, non issue. He said, some people took naps and other people uh, took naps and worked and other people worked. And so, you know, they got started on the Texans, uh, even though they were stuck in Kansas City
0: for all that time. Amazing, amazing that you had to divert that way. Well, tell me about the team so far as you had the shaky start, but back-to-back wins. How's it going overall, Bill, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, it's, I think the arrow's up. Uh, certainly the defense has won the day in their two wins. Uh, and, you know, everything is relative in the National Football League. Uh, San Francisco was superior in, in all phases, and that's one of those games you just kind of throw out. Uh, Cleveland has probably the second best defense in the league, Uh, Mm. maybe the best, who knows? And uh, the Steelers were able to overcome that uh, by uh, pretty much throttling the offense of the Browns and, you know, T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, you know, they, they just, uh, uh, they won the day in both the wins.
0: Yeah. So tell me about T.J. Watt. Obviously we're very familiar with his brother. He'll go into the ring of honor this Sunday how about TJ overall? You've been covering him since he got into the league. He is a menace. He's
1: quick. Uh, he's relentless. He studies film. You know, some people watch film. He studies it. And, uh, you know, he knows which hand to go after on the quarterback, uh, depending on where the ball is. Uh, he just, you know, he, he's he got the, 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 the uh, mental approach as well as great physical skills. Uh, And like I say, you know, his motor is constant. So uh, he is uh, one special guy to watch.
0: Well, give me the snapshot on Alex Highsmith because he's impossible not to notice as well.
1: He came into his own uh, probably starting last year. And then this year has taken a step forward to the point where, you know, they rewarded him with a pretty hefty contract. And so far he's living up to it. And I think, you know, this presents a quandary for opposing offenses. Uh, which way do you go? Do you chip on uh, TJ and let Alex destroy you or vice versa? And I think that's a a very good thing. They have a lot of meetings at the quarterback. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, I've noticed. And uh, speaking of your quarterback, Kenny Pickett, how is he progressing? It's year two. I know these things don't happen overnight, but what's the review of Kenny Pickett through three games in 2023?
1: Having watched him at camp and also in the preseason, you could really see the step forward now against uh san francisco and cleveland it wasn't there uh, but we saw signs of it coming back uh, as you know the steelers were able to out, outscore the the raiders and and win that second game and tie for the top of the division um you know like i say everything in the league is relative and i think the steelers are handling a difficult part of their schedule I think pretty well, and like I say, the defense has carried them when the offense hasn't been there. But the offense is getting better. Their rushing was uh, much more prominent against the Raiders, and again, it may have been the Raiders' defense. I don't know. You know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, over uh, the next couple of weeks how this plays out. Uh, The Steelers have to come to you guys, and then I have to host the Baltimore Ravens. So, you know, it's a work in progress, and let's see how it develops.
0: Legendary voice of the Steelers, Bill Hillgrove, joining us. Bill, it blows my mind, and I think everybody's, that in the Super Bowl era, you've had three head coaches of the franchise. And what do you attribute that to, the stability of the Steelers? Obviously, the performance has always been good, if not great. What do you think of it? Is it the family ownership? How do you see it?
1: I think the Rooney style is what prevails. Um, I remember when... uh, Mike Tomlin was a candidate, and one of the former Steelers went to Dan Rooney and said, why don't you hire Joe Green? He's got coaching experience. He's a Steelers legend. And, and Dan said, let me tell you something. Uh, let's look at Chuck Knoll, a fine assistant, a sharp assistant, uh, no baggage, no head coaching experience, no things to learn or unlearn. Uh, we're going to hire assistants who are top-notch and give them time to learn how to be head coaches. And I think you've seen that in every single instance from Noel to Cower, uh, certainly to Tomlin, and I think he's going to probably put a gold jacket on one day.
0: Bill, you worked with the legendary Myron Cope, and he's credited (laughs) with making the terrible towel. And these towels are so familiar to people today, but a lot of people might not remember much about Myron Cope. What can you share with us about Myron and being in the booth with him?
1: Um, the boss called him in and said, Myron, you know, we've got to have more closer identity with Steelers fans and we've got to come up with a gimmick. And Cope said, I'm not a gimmick guy. And the boss said, well, your contract's up in January. He goes, I'm all ears. He said, we <laughs> have to have something uh, to, you know, that the fans can have to make them more a part of what's going on here. And uh, Cope came up with the idea. He said, well, everybody has a towel. How about a black or gold towel? And they can wave it. And, and, oh, okay, this is a good idea. And they came up with the idea of the terrible towel. And uh, Cope himself, and he's the only person who could have sold this to the Steelers nation. He's the only person. Uh, He wasn't sure until Lynn Swan came out of the tunnel against, I believe it was the Baltimore Colts in a playoff game in seventy five where you know uh, he was waving the towel, and all of a sudden the crowd responded and Cope said, "Well, I think we got something here and interestingly, Myron you know gave a percentage to um, the Allegheny Valley School, which is where his son um, was 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 and, and it is still there uh, and and now uh, you know they've donated the towel to that school, and that school has realized over eight million dollars. So, Uh, It was it was quite a thing. And, you know, uh, Twinch said it best. Uh, A lot of uh, places have towels and they wave them. He said, yeah, they're for free. He said Steeler fans pay 10 bucks for their towel. And most of that $10 goes to the the autism school.
0: That's awesome. Bill Hillgrove, voice of the Steelers, joining us. You're a Pittsburgh native. So you grew up in the city as a sports fan. Give me your favorite non-Steeler Pittsburgh athlete from when you were a kid, maybe, or all time, however you see it.
1: Okay, grew up a baseball fan, played it better than any sport. Had a ball field near my house, spent the morning till night there. And honestly, Ralph Kiner was my boyhood hero, uh, and I cried the day they traded him to the Cubs. Now, little did I know that his back was bad, and uh, that you know the, the Steelers, the Steel the Pirates probably uh, stole some players from the Cubs as a result. I believe the Pirates got about five or six players in exchange for Kiner. And interestingly, uh, he was traded during a doubleheader. So he wore a Pirate uniform the first game and then came out in that Cubs uniform. And that's when I cried. Uh, But, you know, he was my hero.
0: Well, I love the setting there along the three rivers of the stadium, of where the Pirates play. And I, I think it's just gorgeous. But when Three River Stadium went away, was there sort of the sentimental, oh no, it's going away, or oh yeah, we're ready for some new stuff? How did people see it at the time, Bill?
1: I think there was a lot of sentiment attached to that place. Let's face it, uh, four Super Bowls were won there. Uh, probably the last of the dynasties, uh, true dynasties in the NFL played there. And so there was a lot of sentiment that disappeared when they wrecked the place. But, you know, time marches on, time waits for no one, and uh, it was time for a new stadium, and uh, the Steelers are very content with what was Heinz Field, now Akershore Stadium. Uh, you know, you gotta you got to live with the times, and that's exactly what the Steelers fans adjusted to.
0: I know this is before your time broadcasting Steelers games, but... This is Houston, and we have a lot of people who still celebrate the AFC Championship game appearances of the Oilers against the Steelers in the late 70s, the Love You Blue era, as it's called. And I know Dan Pastorini and a bunch of those players, Robert Brazil. I just saw him yesterday at a Lombardi event. Uh, What can you share with us about the way they felt and thought of the Oilers back then? Because it was a tremendous challenge. I know the Steelers Beat them in those AFC Championship games, but what can you tell me about those days?
1: Well, one of the images that comes up in my head is Bradshaw taking that slide in the end zone on that really cold, freezing rain type day, and and uh, you know the spray kicked up, and he scored a touchdown. And I remember after the game, uh, I go into the locker room and I'm I'm looking for Bradshaw, and I said, "Where's Terry?" Well, he's in the uh, he's in the sauna bath. Uh, trying to warm up and I think he's drinking whiskey and I went what and sure enough he comes out and he said Bill I'll do the interview but if I slur any words we're going to have to kill it well he did fine <laughs> and uh, we put that on the air and it was was all good but the, it was a bone chilling day and that's my memory of that and and also you know bum Phillips saying one of these days we're going to kick that door in uh, you know he was one of my favorite characters and Uh, I think the Steelers respected the Oilers uh, and maybe to a degree uh, feared that that was the team that could take away their legacy. But uh, fortunately for the black and gold side of things, it never happened.
0: Finally, Bill, your thoughts on the Texans. I know we're not completely at kickoff yet and game prep still underway, but what do you think from afar looking at the Houston Texans heading into this matchup?
1: Amazing young team. Uh, C.J. Stroud is mature beyond his uh, years, Uh, You got the Terminator on the defensive side of the ball, Um, you know, C.J. hasn't been sacked yet uh, and is, what, sixth in the conference in in pass efficiency rating. Um, You know, I I don't think they run the ball to the point where they want to. Uh, That may be one of the keys for this game on Sunday uh, because the Steelers did a much better job stopping the run against the Raiders uh, than they did against Cleveland or certainly San Francisco. And when you look at that, again, everything is relative. Uh, Before he got hurt, Nick Chubb might have been the best uh, ball carrier in the league. And before that, uh, McCaffrey might be the best. You know, I mean, they faced two great running backs. And, you know, Mr. Pierce is is a load, uh, but I think that's going to be one of the keys to the game. If they can put everything on C.J. and make him one-dimensional – Uh, Then the advantage goes to T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. So I think it's going to be a fun game.
0: All right, Bill. Well, we appreciate the time, as always. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. And we thank you so much for visiting today. More than welcome. Let's do it again. All right, there's Bill Hillgrove, voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers, joining us on the podcast. And some other notes. Of course, the game's a noon kick. NRG Stadium Sunday, Legends Homecoming, presented by Ford. Some other notes from this week, besides all the Watt events in the building, I emceed a Lombardi Award press conference. I will MC the Lombardi Awards. It's the 50th anniversary of the Rotary Lombardi Award this year. December 6th is the date at the Royal Sinesta. And it's going to be packed with legends. Packed. I told you, a lot of legends in this podcast. Packed with celebrities because it's the 50th and the Lombardi always brings it. Anyway, Will Anderson won the award last year. I've got a bunch of signed Will stuff that I'll give away at a Texans radio show when we get on the road later on this season. I said when, not if. It's got to happen. Anyway, it's going to be fun to emcee that. And the Lombardi Award given out annually to the nation's best lineman, offensive or defensive, or playing close to the line of scrimmage. That's the easiest way I can describe it. They went through about a three- or four-year period where they were making it a general award for the best player in college football. Joe Burrow actually won the award. But the Rotary Lombardi Award, the way it's officially put together, they're going to stick with the traditional criteria of giving out the award. So you'll hear me talk about that from time to time this year. Anyway, it's going to be fun. Sunday, noon, Steelers, Texans. Let's get it on. Can't wait. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe on all your Texans podcasts wherever you get them. Have a great day. Go Texans.